Welcome to Cocktails and Cadavers, the podcast where two tipsy girls tell their friends terrible stories, all while forcing them to drink and listen along. I'm Avery. And I'm Sorella. And back in the habit, too, is Christian. Back by popular demand. Which Christian? The first Christian. (laughs) The first one. The original one. If you're wondering why we sound not as great as usual. Actually, technically, we sound sound the exact same as last episode. The last episode. We're we're having some um, technical difficulties with our mics. You can tell them. Sorella forgot the power cord. (laughs) (laughs) I lugged the mixer to work this morning. I brought it into the office because it's really cold, and I was like being, you know, a good mixer mommy. And then I fucking left the power cord at home. And I live like, what? 35, 35 minutes away. Yeah. It's like 35 minutes. I was not going to go back and get it. So we're recording. It's not close. Yeah. We're recording um, on Avery's computer. It'll so- It sounds better than the first mics we had. So. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a step up, which makes me feel dumb for buying those first mics. Yeah. So like- Christian, anything you want to update our listeners on? Mm. What have you been doing? You're wearing two different types of plaid right now. Oh my! Oh, this is a scarf. Oh cold. yeah, yeah. The Turn scarf my heat is on. <laughs> my heat is on. Um, I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to turn it any higher. He's like wearing a um, Chicago Cubs hat. Hell yeah! And today I go, hey, Why? how? Because he went to Chicago once. <laughs> <laughs> he knows nothing about sports, and I go. How many baseball teams are in Chicago? Like professional. Yeah. And he goes, I don't know, like 17. <laughs> 17. That was your ballpark? And then he goes, what, one? And I go, no. And he goes, what, two? And I go, yeah. And I go, what are they? And he goes, the Chicago Cubs. And he points to his hat. And I was like, and? And he was like, the Tigers. Like, no. Okay, they will give you that the one. Chicago that's Tigers. Detroit. That's football. No, no, no. no that's Lions. Lions. I was just saying like animal. Was like- and then I go, it's two words. And I go, the first word's a color. And he was like, orange, pink, purple. He was purple like, panthers. <laughs> yeah, I go, he goes, purple panthers. I go, they're not animals. And then I go, what am I? And he, what'd you say? No, he said, like, the me. First? And I said, black. And you were like, am I black? Yeah, I go, he goes, I go, it's like me. And he goes, oh, black. Because he was trying to guess the color. I go, am I black? And he was like, no, but you like black. <laughs> like, that's your favorite color. He was like, color. you wear a lot of black. And I was like, I don't think you wear a lot of black. But that's his her, her favorite color. It's one of my favorite colors. Yeah. She's emo. No, but if you're putting us next to each other, I wear more black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way more black. Yeah. yeah, I have a lot more color. So she's like, no. Yeah. And I go, no. I? What am I? And he goes, and I was like, white. white. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, the white what? And he was like, I don't know. And he was like guessing it, and finally he guessed it. And I was like, yes. And he was like, oh my god. <laughs> He's a little sporty spice. Yes. Well, that was sports corner. Yeah. <laughs> Only with Christian. <laughs> um, today we made our drink is a mulled wine. Yep. Um, we'll put the recipe up on our Instagram. I don't really have a name for it. The best I could think of is we're doing John List. So he was on America's Most Wanted, and I was like, driving over here trying to think of a name, and I said America's Most Wanted. <laughs> No, I would have gone with his last name, like Liss. No, God, that's hard. I thought of another one, but I can't remember what it was. And it's so good. Oh, it was um, Buzz Killer because he's really boring, like as a personality. Okay, that's pretty good. And that was the best I could come up. And mold wine, you can't drink a lot of it. Yeah, Buzz Killer, our drink this week. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna think of a really good one once you guys leave. I just know it. That's how it's going to happen. <laughs> okay, so John List. John List. Do you know about him? No. Nope. I feel like I have said the story vaguely to you at some point. Like I was listening to a podcast about it. I was like, oh, look, listen to this mm-hmm. guy. I'm about to give you detail, honey. Oh. Avery knows it, though. Um, I know vaguely only because these are the only crime scene photos that I've seen that truly gave me nightmares. I. Let We're about see. to be here all no. night again. Let me tell you. Boys on the track, part two. <laughs> <laughs> part 17. Yeah. 17 is your number today, man. Oh, that is oh. true. So I looked at the crime scene photos yesterday because I have like photos. Do you not see the one with the, of the mom? And the wife. Oh, oh yeah, like that's her, what I'm thinking of, the wife. The wife and the mom. Awful. Um, I So I was looking for pictures of the house because I have pictures to show you because I know you guys are going to be like, let me see. Yeah. I have what pictures. What if I don't want to see pictures? They're no, not no, crime They're not scene. at the crime scene. Okay. 
And so I was looking at Those a website. Were all hard to find. I was looking at a website and saw fucking everything. I know. I had a nightmare I yesterday. Had a night- I've had nightmares over these. I don't like ever days. remember my dreams. I had a nightmare that I was like alone in someone's house, probably dog sitting because I do that a lot. Yeah. And I was walking down to the basement in this house, huh. and as I was walking, someone walked in front of the stairs, like down. No. And we looked at each other, and then they hit me in the head with like a metal pole or something, and I got murdered. And you got murdered. Wait, you didn't actually get die though, because if you no, died, I didn't you die, but I was like, definitely remember thinking like, this is how I this die. is how I die. Like I was in being oh my God. yes because of these photos, and I this was up, last night. This was last night after I spent like I did some of this at work, and then I finished up last night. So I was looking at the pictures last night before Yeesh. I went to bed, and that was a mistake. Because then I woke up in the middle of the night, and I could not go back to sleep because I was like freaked out. Mm-hmm. And I just remembered, yeah, I had a nightmare about that. And it's because the the, picture. the mother and, like, the wife's pictures. Yeah, the wife's awful. picture is what got me. Like, ugh. My, I didn't fall asleep at all last night, not once. And then I had to work at 5 a.m. Well, 6 a.m. technically. You also had a nightmare? No, I just literally didn't fall asleep. Just oh, one of those nights. Me. Couldn't shut my brain off. Every day. Have you guys seen Love Island? No, I'll cut this part out. Actually, you know what? To all the listeners, go watch Love Island. <laughs> There's 50 episodes per season. It's on five nights a week in the UK. What is it? Like a reality it's show? It's so good. Yeah. Okay. So they have six, maybe five, six women, at least in season five. This is the best season, I think. Six women. And then they bring in six men at one at a time. And if the girls like them, they step forward and then the guy picks who they want to couple up with. Sometimes no one steps forward. <gasps> one season I saw it the other way around where it was five guys and then they picked the girls. That was hard to watch. I couldn't do it self esteem wise. I just it was, <laughs> I wasn't there for it. But anyway, I finished fifty episodes in the last like two and a half weeks. So there's fifty episodes per season. And how many seasons? Five seasons. That's a lot. Really. However, I started with season five because Alex, I got uh, my fiance hooked to it and. I wanted to start where they had worked out all the kinks. I didn't want to start with like season one and then him be like, the show sucks. So I wanted to make sure they had like all of it worked out. And um, I mean, we got pretty deep, but like I ended up having to finish it alone. I mean, 50 episodes (laughs) is a lot. Are they like 30 minute episodes? Oh no. Full hour. Full hour. Yeah. On who? With that commercials? Uh, 48 minutes. But I don't have, I don't have the commercial Hulu. So oh, you were just okay. going through them. Oh, I was going straight through them. Damn. Yeah. And it's basically like they bring in random girls or random guys all the time. So like if a couple has like been good for a week or so, they'll bring in someone that they know that one of them will think is hot. So then they like want to recouple. Weren't you telling me that you would love to be a reality TV producer? Hell yes. Oh, I would All you too. have to do is... Like Say make it so make people, people basically break people down until yeah. they're bare <laughs> make them fight bones. each other. And yeah, like, this is what she. Also, but there's people. an alcohol limit on the show, and I don't get it because all they do is I every night. So. No, two out, two drinks at night. What? In the yeah, UK? on Love Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love yeah, I- see, in the on the Bachelor. It's Bachelor like, in Paradise. It's two, the min, the maximum is two drinks per hour. They have a yeah, really because otherwise, like I would get fucking lit. I think that's what they want. I decided that I would go on. I decided TV. if I wanted to, I wish I like could lose like a good like 175 pounds because then I would be on, <laughs> I could go on Love Island and I would just not pay attention to any of the guys and just be like a fan favorite for like just mm. hanging out by myself. And like, then you're on all the magazines. Yeah. 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 Just, I would stay on because it's all voted yeah. by pe- people who are watching. Mm-hmm. It's like American Idol kind of. Do you vote in those shows? Are you just like texting? No, we can't because we're not in the UK. Oh. Yeah, so I literally, I looked at moving to the UK. For <laughs> just for this. Doesn't fiscally make sense. Yeah. So. Maybe. Anyway, John List. John List. Okay. Can we just talk about reality TV? Yeah. <laughs> this special episode. <laughs> okay. So John List was born in Bay City, Michigan in 1925. His dad's name was John List and his mom's name was Alma List. His father was 66 when he was born and his mother was 38. Okay. And there's a 28-year difference between, like, age difference between the mom and the dad. I also got to say, that's the most boring name I've ever heard. John uh, List. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about your dating history. <laughs> <laughs> so his father... I probably date him. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, his father had been married and widowed before and had a, a, like another son who was like 25 years old when he was born. So like they're not like he's not in the picture. Um, and the whole family was devout German, German Lutherans, like crazy religious, scary religious. His father didn't particularly seem to care for him. And allegedly, well, yeah, he was 66. He's probably already retired. He was probably like, I don't know. Can you imagine having a kid at like 70? <laughs> no. no. They're like, I want to play ball. And, and you're like, ball, I can't child, bend down. <laughs> Especially like, not even like, um, this is in like the 20s. Yeah, it doesn't make any like, sense. Were people no leave it, li- leaving to that age? Yeah. Leaving? Living. What did you just say? Living. I don't know what I said. You said leaving, then He's corrected hungry. yourself to living, and then said leaving again. <laughs> you haven't fed me yet, so. Am I supposed yeah. to? Yeah. I gave you I gave you cake truffles. <laughs> um. So his dad didn't care for him, and I guess only spoke to him through his mother Ugh. and would be like, tell the boy to da 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 And then would only refer to him as the boy. Classic. His mother, on the other hand, was overbearing. She emphasized how sinful the outside world was and would do things like overdress him in cold weather because she was convinced he'd get sick. Like, she was just like a helicopter parent, pretty much. And he got teased in school a lot for being a mama's boy. And they'd call him like a sissy. And he had like a very small social circle. Never dated. He was just kind of like a loser, honestly. Um... In 1943, he enlisted in the U.S. Army and served in the infantry as a laboratory technician during World War II. Uh, A year in, his father died, so he went back to, like, visit the... Is that going to come up over the... No. Okay. (laughs) Um, He went back to, like, go attend the service or whatever. And people were like, oh, he's so cold. He doesn't care that his dad just died. Whatever. He didn't care about his dad. So wait, so. his dad died. So he was born at 25. So his dad died at 43. 43 so he was 18. Yeah. But that means his dad was mid-80s. 66. Plus, so he lived pretty long yeah, he Literally, he did. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he had a good run. <laughs> so then he got discharged in 46. He enrolled at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. And he earned That's a bachelor's. Yeah, he earned a bachelor's degree in business administration and a master's in accounting. And he was commissioned. Shout out to Wit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What if Wit is the next John List? They have similar glasses. How is dare Whit you? Glasses? Yes. yes. Are they related? I couldn't remember. They're from Warby Parker. I hate that I know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, was Wit also commissioned a second lieutenant through ROTC? He could have. No. I can see that. <laughs> no, he would never have joined ROTC. Yeah, I think he's very like, country club. Yeah, he's very country club educated, not military. Pocket square. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. He's never going to listen to this. <laughs> I could put a gun to his head and he wouldn't. <laughs> no. um, so while in college, his mother would visit him once a month where they'd have lunch and go to church together. And then um, in November of 19. 19- See, that's nice. That as someone who went to school outside, like away from my parents, you like your parents though. True. I don't oh, know. He, I forgot he about that. He doesn't aspect. like his dad, but his mom. I mean, he likes his mom I mean, enough. The mom was to, over, overbearing. Overbearing, but he likes the mom enough that later they live together. So. Oh. I mean, later well, he also kills her. So I don't know. Spoiler well, <laughs> alert. <laughs> okay, come on. He's a family annihilator. So they have lunch together. Whatever. November 1950, the Korean War escalates. List is recalled to active military service. He never sees action. Like, he never goes to actual war. So he's at Fort Eustis in Virginia. He meets this woman named Helen Morris Taylor, who was a widow of an infantry officer killed in action in Korea. And she lived nearby with her daughter, Brenda. Ooh, bad name. Bad, yeah. So a little, this is going to be his wife. So a little history about her. She's born in 1924. She married her first husband in 41. She was like 16 or 17. So she's young. And they have Brenda um, early the next year. Okay. So it's illegal. Yeah. Apparently back in the forties. Where was she? 
America? No, I mean, what state, obviously? Oh, God. I <laughs> don't know. I don't think it mattered. Yeah, there, it does. They, they, had, they had laws like that. There, I'm pretty sure there were some states you could get married at 14 up until like the 70s. Well, no, Missouri is still one of those states. That's why the Ozarks are like the, that's why the child brides go to the Ozarks. What if that's why the Russian guy was in the Ozarks when we were oh there? Oh, my God. <laughs> Jeannie was almost sold into child <laughs> Well, no, that wouldn't make sense if she's clearly 27 years old. <laughs> he doesn't know. <laughs> so, anyway, they get married. She's 16 or 17. And also, I think if your parents say it's okay, because per, per... Oh, yeah, your parents uh, can sign Yeah, your, your, yeah, your parents, parents can sign off. The, per, the 16-year-old who married that 80-year-old. Um, no, but Priscilla Presley... I have no idea who that is. Oh, so at what wife. point can your parents sign Wife off? or daughter? What's his wife's name? Priscilla. That's a terrible name. Elvis's wife, whatever, okay. was 14. Ew! When she met him, and they got married like a year later. And nobody talks about it. And Elvis died on the toilet, so take that into account. Are you guys <laughs> texting each other? No, no I'm just getting texts. Okay, um, me. So anyway, the daughter's... <laughs> the daughter's born like the next early next year so she was probably pregnant before they got married which is probably why they got married um but in 1944 they go to have their second child who was a son he unfortunately only lived two months before dying and she like suffered like a lot of um postpartum postpartum yeah um and then she goes on to have several miscarriages probably because her husband who like she seemed to actually really care about and love gave her syphilis before going back to the war oh okay i was i thought you were talking about john listley okay 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 so this is her first husband oh so he had been cheating on her probably in Yeah, yeah in korea so here's the thing i didn't know this at all the treatment for syphilis all i knew was penicillin penicillin you know why i knew that Grey's Anatomy episode. (laughs) Grey's Anatomy episode. (laughs) So it's penicillin, which at the time during the wars was reserved for men who were like in active duty because it's like a lot, it's a cure for a lot of things. So she can't have penicillin, so she can't get treated for her syphilis. Okay. Classic. One of the other ways they treat for syphilis is to inject her with malaria. (laughs) That was like a legit thing. There was a name for it and everything. So I guess like the bacteria that's associated with the malaria virus, or I'm sorry, with syphilis doesn't survive in high heat. Okay. And so when you have malaria, you have like a really really high fever. So the the bacteria from syphilis dies out essentially. But then you have malaria. But then, yeah. <laughs> so how do you treat malaria? So then, as soon as, I guess, what they do is you have syphilis. Right. They mm. inject you with the blood of someone. Who has malaria. Who has malaria. Not like they inject you. Could you get you, blood poisoning? They don't even inject you just with the virus. They inject you with the, the blood, blood of someone. Who, they don't test for what else is in this blood. Like, right. it could be like HIV. They yeah. could have HIV. They could have a million Well, wait, what year was it? Uh... 40s, 50s. HIV wasn't around. Well, I'm sure maybe it was, but it wasn't like... No, it was created by the CIA in the 80s to get rid of the gays. (laughs) (laughs) Along with crack coat. Okay, so there could be like Ebola or like other things in it. They don't care as long as you have malaria injected into somebody. They inject you with the blood of someone with malaria. Then once the bacteria for syphilis dies out, they give you the antibiotic for malaria. Okay. But there's only like... There's a, I can't remember the percentage, but there's like a window of time where if you don't get it, you will die. Yeah, because when I went to Africa, I had to get um, the malaria vaccine. And yeah. they said like, if you're showing any symptoms for it, you need to go there immediately because if you miss it, like, I think, there's nothing we can do. It's 100% fatal. Yeah, I think they said there's like a 15% chance that you will die from malaria, this malaria injection, but there's a 100% chance that you will die from syphilis untreated. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. know that. You'll die from it. Um, so she goes and gets this like malaria treatment, but it's a 50, 50 success rate and she's not cured. Of syphilis? No. Okay. So oh, she, so, so she, now she has syphilis and malaria. Yes. Oh! No, no, no. I think she doesn't have malaria anymore. They gave her the vaccine for malaria. <laughs> but at some point she has syphilis <laughs> she had and malaria. <laughs> so she's not, her syphilis is untreated. Yeah. They tried. It didn't work. She, when she meets John... She is in the uncontagious stage. 
So like she has it and she cannot get rid of it, but she cannot give it to anybody else. Syphilis? Yes. I didn't know there was a dormant stage. There is, yeah. I don't know a lot about syphilis, I'm realizing. Yeah. And is that like a Didn't once... Ben Franklin die from syphilis? That wouldn't surprise me because he was like in a sex A lot of horrors, yeah. And once you go into the stage that you can give it to somebody else, do you ever go back? <laughs> yeah, like... I think it's like herpes. Sometimes like herpes lies it dormant and then like it can be mm-hmm. transferable or communi- communicable. So in 51, Helen's husband, who gave her the syphilis, was killed in action in Korea. Well, you know what? What comes around goes around. (laughs) Well, so she's widowed with her nine-year-old daughter. Oh, it's been nine years already? God, time flies. (laughs) When you're living with syphilis. (laughs) (laughs) So Helen and John meet at a bowling alley, and soon after, they begin dating, even though John's mother did not like Helen because she I don't know knew she had syphilis yeah I wonder why no 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 she knew she was having miscarriages and she's like you can't provide uh, like kids for my husband like how do you know someone's having miscarriages Mm. small town maybe no there's she wouldn't tell anyone I don't know but she knew about the miscarriages maybe Maybe John told her because or maybe oh that's true Um, plus Helen wasn't particularly religious and John and his mother were right so not too long into the dating, Helen tells him she's pregnant. And so he agrees to marry her. However, after the wedding, she reveals that she wasn't pregnant ever. She like tricked him into marriage, but he took his vows in front of God and he planned to honor those vows. Okay. So they get married December 1st, 1951 in Baltimore, Maryland, two months after meeting and eight months after her husband died. Yikes. Yeah. Um, she insisted they be married married in Maryland, probably because at the time Maryland was one of the few states that didn't. I guess states used to test for like STDs and like specifically syphilis before the marriage, so that the husband, you know, they don't give a fuck about the wife, but the husband could be like, oh, I don't want to marry you because you have syphilis. Maryland didn't require that, but a lot of states at the time would require premarital syphilis screenings. Huh? Yeah. Maybe it was because it was like after war, so a lot of men were coming back with syphilis. But it seems like they're more looking out for the men. Well, they're yeah. always the older. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they got married in Maryland because they didn't have to do the syphilis screenings. Okay. So he doesn't know she has syphilis. Yeah. Um. So then he, after he completes his like, second, but after the war's done, couldn't she just go get penicillin? I think maybe it can't be treated after a certain point. Oh. Oh damn. So like the war kind of fucked her over. Yeah. Her husband got killed. She got syphilis. Yeah. So he completes his second tour, but like, again, not seeing action. He's in Virginia. Um, And he goes to work for an accounting firm in Detroit and then as an audit supervisor at a paper company in Kalamazoo. And by 59, List had risen to general supervisor of the company's accounting department. Um, But again, at this time, Helen, who had become an alcoholic, was becoming increasingly unstable. How she had their kids, though? Or never. So at this point, they have three children. Her and John. Yes. So she has her. Do the babies have syphilis? Is that a thing? No, because it's not. Okay. um... Because I know that some STDs are transferable. Yeah, they are. Like HIV, I think. Mm -hmm. And I think herpes are, too, if you have. But because it's not in the contagious stage anymore. I mean, you're coming out of the vagina. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I wonder if you get a C-section if you have herpes, if you get a C-section. Yeah, they bypass. Maybe. Yeah. But it, technically the virus does run in the blood. We'd be such good doctors. <laughs> so <laughs> we're just like piecing Grey's anatomy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so at this point they have all three of their children. I think the last one was born in like 58. But after the birth of her second child, Helen suffers from postpartum depression. And she eventually stops attending church, which like really pisses off John. Uh, 1960, Brenda, who's like the stepdaughter, I guess. Oh, God. Terrible name. <laughs> she gets married, leaves the household. She's, How old was she? Uh, she must have married young, too, because it's 1960, and she was born in, like, 42, so 18. Also, does John have syphilis now or no? No, because it's not contagious. Oh, okay. So, Brenda's 18, gets married, bounces. Okay. Which good. is good for her, because she is, that's the end of her story here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she lived happily ever after. Good for Brenda. Yeah. Getting out of it. Total Brenda move. <laughs> so then List uh, moves the remainder of his family to Rochester, New York, takes a job at Xerox. Like he becomes, he keeps moving up the ranks. Right. 
Um, Helen had always compared John to her late husband, saying her first husband was more of a man because he had like actually gone to war where John was just kind of like... Yeah, but he gave you syphilis. Yes, and she would be like, he was better in He bed. was clearly cheating was on you with Korean women. <laughs> <laughs> so she would go to parties and like social gatherings and get drunk and say like, my first husband was better in bed than John. Oh, and, like, God. Uh, yeah, like, What's her name? Helen. Helen, he gave you syphilis. Chill. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, she let that slip, but she didn't let the fact that she has syphilis slip when she was drunk? Yeah, she kept that syphilis card tight to her chest, but she was, like, not ashamed to be like, the other guy was better. And so she's, like, constantly humiliate, humiliating him in, like, front of his friend. Like, he doesn't really have friends, but in front of, like, the community. Right. Um. So she's also spending a ton of money that they just don't have. Like, she's just living beyond her means. And she's also, like, drinking a lot, popping quaaludes, which were prescribed to her by her psychiatrist. She's nice. just, like, you quaaludes know. Quaaludes don't exist anymore. They don't. Wolf of Wall Street. Have you seen that movie? No. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so she's neglecting the children who are mostly being raised by John at this point. Right. Uh, 1965, he accepts a position as vice president and comptroller at a bank in Jersey City, New Jersey. He moves his wife, children, and mother into Breeze Knoll, a 19-room Victorian mansion in Westfield, New Jersey. 19 rooms. It's got a ballroom. I wish I had a ballroom. John is doing well for himself. Well, let's see. What would you do with the ballroom? Dance? Oh my god! Turn it into like Missy B's top. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but there's like like a so so. In St. Paul, there's like this old house. It's called the James J. Hill House. And basically, the he built. I forgot how he was like had so much money, but he Mm -hmm. built his daughter's house right next to his, Mm -hmm. and on the top floor was a ballroom. And the girl that lived there, their parents were super wealthy. She went to my high school, and the story is that she could hear like balls and dances go on in the middle like of the Anastasia. night. Like Anastasia. Yeah. Oh my God. She could hear like footsteps on the ballroom when there was nothing up there. But if you like built your house and you build the... Yeah, you cool. stay. Yeah, but no think about it. Like, gonna... I'm thinking you move into a house that has a ballroom. Like, yeah, would you use... Gross. But Oh, 100%. 100%. But would you use it as a ballroom? Or would you use it as like a... Movie theater. I mean, no matter I think what... it's too big for a movie oh, theater. Oh, no. I do, Even like, if you turn into a movie theater, they're track. still going to dance Yeah. Go-kart track. Bowling alley. Mm. Requires a lot to redo the floors. Basketball court. Yeah. Well, basketball either. Basketball. It's just my crafting room. It's just a giant. There's a table. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a fold-out table in the middle. (laughs) Well, the thing is, they never. Kids, are you in my crafting room again? (laughs) They never furnished their house because they didn't have any money because they just like spent it all in this massive house right they were like had said oh we're going to restore it to its former glory and like the family who used to own it gave them like all these historical documents being like this is what it looked like in the 20s and da, 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 da. and he was like oh we're going to make it look like this again it literally was unfurnished because they could not afford to furnish it <laughs> so he was like looking for houses at the time 20 to 30 thousand dollar houses which is still it back then was a lot of money this house was listed for fifty thousand, okay. so it's like double his budget, and like to think to heat a nineteen room house, right? So he liked the house because it was in an affluent neighborhood, right? It was close to the church, and the kids could go to like a you know nice school, nice school, whatever. Mostly he liked it because it was close to the church, right? So his mother sells the family home in Michigan, gives John power of attorney to all of her assets and funds, nice. And agrees to move into the third floor apartment in the mansion because it had like its own little apartment. That was for sure like a slave's quarters. Well, no, because it was the union. That was for sure a servant's quarters. And so she's going to be closer to her son and grandchildren. Right. Um, Who she probably doesn't even like. I mean, she definitely doesn't like Helen. Well, who does? (laughs) John also sells the family's second car because Helen is going blind due to her syphilis and can't really drive anyway. Wait, how old is Helen at this point? (laughs) So this is like... This is 65. She was born in 24. So it's like, she's like 41. Yeah, and she's already going blind. Why are you looking at me like that? I didn't do... Did I do my math right? I don't know. I think I did. 
I thought 39. Maybe I'm wrong. 65 minus 24. What is she? I am wrong. Forty-one. <laughs> yep. Okay, so she's good like, thing I'm not an accountant anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, the neighbor said John stood out because he would mow the lawn in a suit and tie. Classic. Yep, and that Helen was a recluse who never socialized, and uh, but the grandmother apparently would like go and like give the neighbors baked goods, whatever. Uh, so John eventually loses his job at the bank because he wasn't able to bring in new clients because his social skills were subpar. So, um, he does not tell his family about this. He continues to pretend to go to work every day, wakes up. Oh, I think I know the story now. (laughs) Yeah. The ballroom. (laughs) How many murder stories with ballrooms do you know? Maybe just this one. (laughs) And he got fired. Yeah. So he gets fired. Okay. Some sources say the bank closed, but a lot of them say... Like, he just was not a good social person. And every time he gets fired, because he jumped around to a lot of jobs, like, even just with what I've told you, um, it's because his he can, like, do a lot of financial work really well, but his social skills are just not there, and people are, like, weirded out by him. Right. Um, so he gets dressed every morning, has his breakfast, goes to the train station, sits there for, like, eight hours, reads the newspaper, has his lunch, does whatever, comes back pretending to have gone to work dude get a new job literally <laughs> I, I literally wrote like instead of i don't know finding a new job yeah, it's so this is like, like this is like what last podcast said about casey anthony pretending to have a job at, at disney world or universal no. universal i think some theme park so yeah and she pretended to have a job there for two and a half years Instead of getting an actual Instead of job. actually getting a job. And she then like the left. Cops... She had a fake email. Yes. The, the cops went with her to see where she worked. She goes, this is my office. And she scammed her way into she scammed the office. Because they're like, she's like, I forgot my badge. I work here. I work here. Basically, and... she goes up and she's saying hi to people. And people are looking at her like she's nuts. Yes. And then she hits a dead end in and the goes... office. She turns around. She goes, I don't yeah, work here. I actually don't work here. <laughs> she's like, I actually The people at the front else. gate are like. I'm sorry, we don't have you on record, whatever. And they finally, the manager's like, oh, let them in. If this is about a missing child case, yeah. it doesn't matter. These are police officers. Mm-hmm. So they let her in. She scams her way in. She's walking down the halls, and then she's like... She's literally saying hi to people. She's like, hey, how's it going? Like, oh, and they're like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like that guy in the kitchen that always talks to us, and we're like, who yeah. are you? <laughs> yeah, there was a guy in the kitchen that was like, hey, hey bud. And I just didn't answer, because I was like, I don't think it's yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah, else yeah. and I was like... <laughs> I just left. I got scared. <laughs> anyway, back okay. to So he's like going to train station, whatever. So he starts using his mother's savings because he's now power of attorney to pay for like everyday expenses. Um, he took out multiple mortgages and the cost of the house alone, including just to heat it, is about $750 a month. And this is in late 60s, Damn. early 70s. So that's a lot of money. That's like what I pay for my house now. He's doing that. Well, let's to heat it. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. The house alone, including to heat it. Uh, oh, I thought. I, okay. No, no, no. That's his mortgage plus heating it, which I know doesn't seem like a lot of money, but in the sixties well, and seventies, like, well, so if what the, what year is it? Seventies. Yeah. If this house, okay, a hundred thousand dollars in like the seventies is like sixty thousand now. No, I think you did that the other way around. Oh, wait, no. I $750 meant- in 1970 is equivalent to the purchasing power of $4,738 in 2017. And he does not have a job. A job. And that's 2017. I meant to say $100,000 in the 70s is $600,000 now. I don't know if it's six times, but yeah. It's like it, it's a lot. A lot. So he's spending roughly $4,000 a month. A month. Oh. Just for the house, he still got to feed his family. Clothe his family. They need like sports gear for their sports teams, books. Like there's a lot of expenses. That right. He just cannot pay for. Tap shoes for the his tap. His wife has medical Tap bills. shoes for the ballroom. <laughs> <laughs> his wife is in and out of the hospital because of her syphilis. Like this is a family of six and he's struggling. <coughs> so at this point, Helen gets diagnosed with cerebral atrophy. I was going to look this up. Did not. Um, and the doctors recommend institutionalizing her, but John refuses, probably in part because of financial reasons. 
or because he took a vow in front of God, sickness and health, I'm going to provide for you, whatever. So he refuses to institutionalize her, which he should have because she'd still be alive. Well, probably not now. But no, like she back wouldn't then. be. <laughs> um, so then his daughter Patricia had been helping out a lot with the family because the mom wasn't. She decides to focus on herself and she gets into drama. She gets into like the hippie lifestyle. She starts wearing mini skirts, um, smoking pot. She's literally just being like a 16 year old kid in the 70s. Right. And he, I guess like some places say she was like maybe reading a book about witchcraft or something. Which I feel like all teenagers kind of do. Like they're like, what is this? And <laughs> I didn't. I definitely didn't. I was terrified of that shit. <laughs> Um, like not even witchcraft, like Wiccan. Wiccan. Okay, no, yeah, I, I think that was. I think that yeah, was an only child thing. An only uh, child, only child emo thing. One hundred percent, it was. Yeah. So, she's like doing that normal stuff, right? But just relate to her to this girl. Just relate too much to this girl. Or Patricia. Classic so Patricia. he's like pissed off, especially he's pissed off about the acting because he thinks Hollywood is like a sinful town. Not about the drugs. Nah. He was probably pissed off about drugs. <laughs> that took a backseat. He's also like very like, you know, 1950s head of the household yeah. bullshit type thing. This is the 70s, so that's obviously not going to fly with people. So um, I guess on November 5th of 71, John gathers the family and is like, hey, like we should really start thinking about what we're going to do when we die. And um, would you guys prefer to be like cremated or buried? And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? But they're all like, we want to be buried. And he's like, yeah, okay. And so then (laughs) they're like, cool. Okay, see you later. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) So I guess like the two eldest children were really thrown off by this. And they like tell some people at school. Like they were like, this is weird. So on November 9th, 1971, Liss methodically murdered his entire family using his own 9mm Steyr 1912 semi-automatic handgun and his father's Colt 22 caliber revolver. So first he leaves a note for the milkman telling him, hey, we're gonna be gone for a while, like the whole family, why don't we stop the milk delivery until I let you know that we're back. Then while his children are at school, he walked into the kitchen and shot his wife in the back of the head while she was drinking her coffee at the kitchen table. He then shot a a few bullets into the wall. I don't really know why he did that. He just like shot her in the back of the head and then fired off a few at the wall. Um, he then goes upstairs to his mother's third floor apartment. Um, she's like, hey, what was all that noise? And then he shoots her um, face to face. So yeah, the wife is in the back of the head. The mother is face to face. He shoots her just above the left eye, killing her instantly, and then shoots more bullets into a wall. Someone What's said maybe someone said it might be like a reflex because he was in the war, but he never was like in the war. No, but you kind of you learn though. I yeah, think. yeah, he went to boot camp probably, but like, boot I don't camp. know. So then um, he tried to carry his mom downstairs, but found her too heavy to lift. So he cleaned up like the area a bit with like, uh, I guess, paper towels and newspaper. And then he went downstairs. From there, he dragged his wife into the ballroom, laid her on a sleeping bag, covered her body with a towel because she was like in her nightgown and like robe. He covered her body with a towel, her face with a dish towel, and then he went and cleaned up the kitchen. He goes to his wife's room because they, at this point, were sleeping in separate rooms. He sits on her bed, wipes his hands off, like, on her uh, bedspread, and then goes to the shower, uh, like, the bathroom, throws up in the bathroom, which they can only tell based on, like, the bloody handprints or whatever. And then he takes a shower and um, goes downstairs to the kitchen where he had just shot his wife and makes himself lunch. Then he eats his lunch at the kitchen table. He doesn't clean up the blood? I think he did. Yeah, he did oh, before. Okay. The mom and the wife. Mm-hmm. So then he drives to the bank, um, closes both his and his mother's bank accounts, gets all the money, gathers all the historical documents about the house, puts them in a pile with a letter to the descendant of the original owners of the house, saying like, hey, this is some stuff I thought you'd find interesting. That's what he's thinking about right now. After he just killed his mom and his wife. Well, obviously, he doesn't care about his wife at all. No. So then he calls Barbara Bader, who was the mother, like a local mom who carpooled his kids to school. I think oh, two of his kids. Um, well, she, it was only it was two and then Barbara, right? Patricia. Patricia. So there's no two way. boys and a girl. Oh, okay. 
So I think like maybe one of them was like in a junior high or I oh, don't okay. know. She carpooled a few of his kids to school. And he's like, hey, we're going to North Carolina to visit um, my mother-in-law who's sick. So we're not going to need you to carpool them for like a few weeks. I'll let you know when we're back though. And she's like, okay, hope everything's fine. Like very casual. He then calls the school, tells him, tells them the same thing. We're going to North Carolina. We'll be out for a few weeks. He cancels the newspaper. He holds all the mail and he writes some more letters. So he's like preparing. Okay. He then goes around the entire house and cuts himself out of all the family pictures. That's weird. Yeah. He, so he does that. That's creepy to me. Also, just burn the pictures. But it, maybe he just want, didn't want to be fun. Like, he 100% did it so they didn't know what he looked like. Oh. Because okay. he was like, planning on escaping. Oh, okay. So he's like, they won't have a picture to put on the news of me. Yeah. But I just burn the pictures. The whole, yeah, yeah the whole I guess the cutting, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so that's like a little weird to me. So then um, his daughter, Patricia, she's 16. This is a long day. I mean, what time did he shoot her? I mean, he was up and about tr- pretending to he go to work. his job. He doesn't work. <laughs> no, I know, but you, I mean, yeah. So, so in a perfect like world, the kids would be at school at 8. Mm. So what, you'd shoot them at... Nine, shoot them at eight. No, you shoot her right at eight thirty, probably, and then <laughs> nine. You clean up for. He wouldn't get to the bank until eleven, and then that bank, especially with the power of attorney, that'd take two hours. <laughs> Why is the seventies? People didn't care about stuff like that. They literally give you anything. They let you on a plane if you said, "Hey, I have a ticket. I just lost it." Oh, that's a good point. So <laughs> I have a ticket. I just lost it. You'd be great in the seventies. Yeah. Oh, I'd be so good at the seventies. Yes. You go to concerts. You're like, hey, I just want my ticket. I would be really good. Yeah. So Patricia comes home first. She's sixteen. He um. Poor Patricia. She, yeah, he shoots her in the back of the head, and then I think around the same time, the youngest son Frederick comes home. He's thirteen. Um. Again, shoots them in the back of the head. Just one shot. That's that. Drags them. I think he puts them on sleeping bags and then drags them into the ballroom, lays them side by side. He then drives to the high school to watch his oldest son, John Jr., who is apparently his favorite, play a soccer game. He picks him up from soccer, drives him home as he like is walking in, shoots him. But he shoots him 10 times because he and he switches guns halfway through. Because I guess misfire evidence later shows that his son attempted to defend himself and like fought back. And like List obviously is a very like, I'm the head of this family. Yeah. So like his son is like disobeying him and he got extremely violent with his favorite son. Oh. So now the whole family's dead. Um, he drags John Jr. into the ballroom with the rest of the family. He covers everyone's faces with cloth, feeds the kids fish, and then goes to bed. At the house. At the house. Okay. So the next morning he wakes up. He turns the temperature down to about 50 degrees, just enough to where the pipes won't burst and, like, someone will have to get called out. Um, then he turns on all the lights, turns, like, the radio, I think, to a local, like, gospel organ music station and puts it on the intercom system and leaves. So there's dead bodies in the ballroom and organ music projecting. And all the lights this, are on. All, all the lights are on projecting through this 19-room mansion. Terrifying. So the murders are not discovered until like 29 days later. Yeah, because the lights started burning out. Yeah, so December 7th. Actually, I think it's 28 days. A month later. Right. Um, due to, like, because the family was so reclusive, because the mom was like crazy, and their refusal to socialize, and then also because John like, planned for everything. Said, yeah. yeah. So everyone thought they were gone. So the neighbors noticed that all the mansion's rooms were illuminated day and night with no apparent activity within them. Then one by one, the lights started burning out. Yeah. And they were just watching these lights burn out. Um, so then people were like very worried about the kids because Patricia's like drama teacher. I guess she had said, like, if my family ever goes on vacation, my dad's killed us. Like, she said that to him. And he was like, she's not in school. Like, they're not back. Like, this is weird. He goes to the house with another teacher and is, like, looking through the windows. And finally, the neighbors are like, okay, like, we haven't seen anyone here. Now people are looking through the windows. We're calling the cops. Like, this is weird. So they call the cops. The cops show up. 
And the teacher is like explaining the situation. The neighbors are there and they're like, okay, well, let's do a wellness check. So they open one of the windows and immediately. Can they do that? Yeah. So I think they yell for a out. a wellness check. Yeah. Oh. yeah. They yell out like, hey, if anyone's in danger. Yeah. And I think also like probably protocol back then. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they're immediately hit with the smell of death. Okay. And this is also like um, Westfield, New Jersey. There were no violent crimes committed here since 63 it's now 71 so yeah. eight years no violent crimes yeah police are not trained for this no um so this um they obviously find the bodies whatever a nationwide manhunt is launched police investigate hundreds of leads nothing like no photographs survived they have nothing to go off of so the family car was found parked at jfk airport in new york city but there is no evidence that he had boarded a flight so Alma's, his mom, her body was flown to Frankenmuth, Michigan, and entered in St. Lorenz Lutheran Cemetery with, like, I think her, not her sister, someone. She was buried in Michigan. And then Helen and the three children are buried at the local cemetery. Um, so he writes a five-page letter to his pastor, which was found on the desk of his study. So I'm just going to read, like, part of it. Okay, thank God. I was very fear five, like five pages. pages. <laughs> Well, this is no. <laughs> spark note it um this is just like he talks about like oh i want the books in the house donated to da, da, da. so i'm not gonna read that obviously this is just like why he did what he did okay. so he says dear pastor renwinkel <laughs> i'm sorry to add this to the burden to i'm sorry to add this additional burden to your work i know that there have what has been done is wrong for all that i have been taught and that any reason that I might not wait I'm having trouble reading <laughs> great I'm so happy there's five pages <laughs> and that any reasons I might give will not make it right but you are the only person that I know that while not condoning this will at least possibly understand why I felt that I had to do this one well I, w I wasn't earning anywhere near enough to support us Everything I tried seemed to fall to pieces <laughs> true we could have gone bankrupt and maybe even gone on welfare Two, but that brings me to my next point. Knowing the type of location that one would have to live in, plus the environment for the children, plus the effect of them knowing we were on welfare, was just more than I thought they could endure, could and should endure. I know that they were willing to cut back, but this involved a lot more than that. Three, with Pat being so determined to get into acting, I was also fearful as to what might what that might do to her continuing to be a Christian. Sure, it wouldn't have. I'm sure it wouldn't have helped. Four, also with Helen not going to church, I knew that this would harm the children eventually in their attendance. I continued to hope that she would begin to come to church soon, but when I mentioned to her that Mr. Jutes wanted to pay her an elder's call, she just blew up and said she wanted her name taken off the church rolls. Again, this could only had an adverse effect for the children's continued attendance. So that is the sum of it. If any one of these had been the condition, we might have pulled through, but this was just too much. At least I'm certain that they have all gone to heaven now. If things had gone on, who knows if that would be the case. Of course, mother got involved because knowing what I did to my family uh, would have been a tremendous shock to her at this age. Therefore, knowing that she, also a Christian, I felt it best that she be relieved of these troubles of this world that would have hit her. After it was all over, I said some prayers for them from the hymn book. That was the least I could do. Now for final arrangements. Helen and the children have all agreed that they would prefer to be cremated. Please see it. See to it that the costs are kept low. I go, thought they said they want to be buried. They did. Oh, what an asshole! <laughs> Wait, I'm so confused. So he's like, so "Please see to it." Wait, but how do they know that he? They said they wanted to be buried because isn't it just his word against this letter? He, she, they probably like told some friends at school and were like, "He asked us like if we wanted to be buried or cremated." Oh or yeah, like, you're probably right. Something like that, I imagine. So then, he goes on for five pages. About like this is what I want done with the house. This is who you should contact. Did it like really like detailed shit, and then he says he ends it before signing the letter. P.S. Mother is in the hallway in the attic, third floor. She was too heavy to carry. Like, the last thing you say about your mom is like she was a badass. <laughs> I wonder if she actually also was heavy. he killed, picture didn't look like he it. He killed yeah. everybody because of money. He literally, instead of dealing with his own problems, he was like, 
I'm not going to find a new job and go on welfare or like maybe cut back and get a not a 19 room mansion. I'm going to kill my family because that's going to solve our problems. Like that solves his problem. That doesn't solve their problems. Well, I mean, they're dead now. Yeah, his problem was solved. His was, but theirs was just Technically, dead. <laughs> the problem is solved. <laughs> Doesn't matter how we got there. <laughs> Everyone's dead and there are no more issues. Oh my <laughs> it's like God. that TikTok that's like, technically, if I killed myself, this problem would just go away. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? That's what John Liz thought. Yeah. <laughs> so Breeze Knoll, which was the house, remained empty until it was destroyed by arson in August of 72, nine months after the murders. The arson remains officially unsolved. Damn. But a new house was but built that house in was tight. I'm sure it was, but yeah, people when I was like... Haunted. People burned it down because they were like, fuck this place. And then now there's a new house on top of it. I wonder... That new house might be haunted. I don't think so. For sure. Uh, 100%. No, because like go? fire is cleansing and it's probably like... Should we go? <laughs> they were like chanting. They were like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> they threw some sage <laughs> in. They were yeah, like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in 71, as the FBI later discovered, Liz traveled by train from New Jersey to Michigan and then Colorado. He settled in Denver in early 1972 and took an accounting job as Robert Peter Bob Clark. Uh, (laughs) Just pick one. (laughs) The name of one of his college classmates, although the real Bob Clark later asserted that he had never known him. He was like, who's that? (laughs) That's weird. He had enough of an impact that he's like, I'm going to make my fake name after you. And the guy's like, who are you? That's (laughs) kind of tight. So from 79 to 86, he was the controller at a paper box manufacturer outside Denver. He joined the Lutheran congregation and ran a carpool for shut-in church members. At one religious gathering, he met an Army PX clerk named Dolores Miller and married her in 85. God, I wish I could just leave and take on a whole new identity like this. Yeah. He even I like you Alex just can't do it anymore. <laughs> I guess he would even like brag to people, be like, "Oh, if I ever had to start over, I'm so good with numbers and like social security, like because he had to do all this accounting bullshit." He was like, "I could create a new identity if I wanted to," and he literally did. I wouldn't know how to do that. I had I would have no idea. I don't even. I don't think it's possible taxes. now. No, it isn't. Like, mm-hmm. Was he so good with numbers? What does that have to do with like he social security? He could just like forge things, I guess. But like, uh-huh. could, I don't know. I don't know. The '70s were a weird time, and yeah. the '80s. So in 88, they, the, him and his wife moved to Midlothian, Virginia, where List, still using the name Bob Clark, works as an accountant. So then in May of 89, the 18-year-old crime, so it's been 18 years okay. since this, was recounted on America's Most Wanted, which was hosted by John Walsh, who's the father Adam. of Adam Walsh, yeah, who was murdered. It was Fun like, fact. He was like six years old and he was murdered. Yeah, he was murdered in a mall. Too. That's a why mom. it's called, um, when I worked at Nordstrom, they called a code Adam if the kid went missing. Really? Yeah. And he was, um, he disappeared from a Sears and it's believed that Otis Tool killed him. Who's Otis Tool? He was the one who was working with Henry Lee Lucas. And I get Henry Lee Lucas and the one who killed Abraham Lincoln confused. No. Who's Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> no. Um, it's Henry. I don't know. History facts. Oh, it hold on. I'm gonna phone a friend. When you when you say it, friend. I'll know it. It's three words. Yeah, it's all all assassins are three words. Are you literally phoning someone? You could have googled it. I know, but now now it would be funnier if they answered. <laughs> He's not gonna answer. It's not Hen. Okay. It's. Lee Harvey Oswald. No, that's JFK. <laughs> Who the f- Wait. <laughs> Damn it. He didn't answer. He's, um, I want to say it's like Thomas something. No. Are you Googling it? No. John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> no. Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Toole were like, um, a couple. They were like two gay serial killers who just were like, um, riding the trains together across the country and killing people if you guys haven't done them you should oh they're like real messed up yeah the story is like they're really like weird. one of the first last podcast henry lee lucas is like an old last podcast 
where it's like three parts heavy hitters or something. Yeah. And they really talk about his like early childhood trauma because he like literally fell off the porch and had a nail go into his frontal lobe. Oh, shit. And they were both like real country people. And it's interesting because one was like sentenced to death in Texas and the other was sentenced to death in Florida. And the one that was sentenced to death in Texas got pardoned, not pardoned, but like um, his sentence commuted to life by uh, George W. Bush. Yes. And then the one in Florida was by someone. I don't, it wasn't Jeb Bush at that point, but it was someone else. Yeah. You know, Bush has run both Texas and Florida. And the two serial killers claim to be part of the ch- uh, Children of God. No, not Children of God. Hand of God cult, which was like an Illuminati oh, government, like assassin program. We'll get to them. They're really interesting. Anyway, they think it's not confirmed, but like John Walsh has said, he thinks Otis stole and Otis confessed to it, but like there's no evidence. Right. They, he was like, I agree that Otis Tool did it, and that's who he thinks killed his son. Anyway, America's most run it. John right. Walsh is doing it. Um, so it airs, and um, the report features an aged progression clay bust sculpted by forensic artist Frank Bender, which turned out to bear such a close resemblance to List's actual p- uh, appearance that people were like calling in tips. And he didn't really have any photos to go off of, so he looked at photos of John's parents and how they aged and was able to create this bust from that alone. Um, he even, like, got, like, the details of the glasses down because he said, like, he would not – he would be um, not vain enough to wear contacts, so he'd still be wearing glasses. But the glasses would be different than they were, like, when it happened. But also he said they'd be thick-rimmed glasses because he's essentially hiding but also he wants to seem more important than he actually is. So like he was like psychologically yeah. doing this shit. So then June 1st, less than two weeks after the broadcast, List was arrested at a at Richmond accounting firm after a Denver neighbor recognized the description and alerted authorities. And he like a, multiple people did this. Like we're like, oh, it might be him. So he continued to stand by his alias for several months um, even after he was extradited to New Jersey in um, late 89. But finally, he like they had fingerprint match with like his military records. Like yeah. They knew exactly who he was. And they had like crime scene evidence, whatever. So he confessed his true identity February 16th, 1990. So like, that's what, eight months later? Damn. June to February? Yeah. So during the trial... List reveals that he was actually watching the show the night it aired with his wife. And he said, I was perspiring like anything, but his wife didn't suspect anything. Well, yeah, because you're like sitting right next to him. Yeah, I'd play cool. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, like, is that him? (laughs) She was probably also perspiring. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So a a court-appointed psychiatrist testified that List suffered from obsessive-compulsive personality disorder and that he saw only two solutions to his situation, either accept welfare or kill his entire family and send their souls to heaven. So on April 12, 1990, List was convicted of five counts of first-degree murder. At his sentencing hearing, he denied direct responsibility for his actions. He said, quote, I feel that because of my mental state at the time, I was unaccountable for what happened. I asked all affected by this for their forgiveness, understanding, and prayer. The judge was like, fuck you. What about his second wife? Was the second wife? She divorced him, like, within the year. Oh, yeah. She was like, bye. <laughs> so the judge... Do they have any kids? No. He's like, at this point, it's 1990. He was born in 25. Oh, he's 70-ish. Yeah, 65. So the judge was like, no, thank you. We're going to, like, fuck you up. <laughs> and he says, John Emil List with, is without remorse and without honor. After 18 years, five months, and 22 days, it is now time for the voices of Helen, Alma, Patricia, Frederick, and John F. List to rise from the grave. And he imposed a sentence of five terms of life imprisonment to be served consecutively, which was the max uh, penalty at the time. So he filed an appeal for his conviction on the grounds that his judgment had been impaired by post-traumatic stress disorder due to his military service. But I don't think he ever like went overseas. Um, he worked at a desk. Yeah. <laughs> he also argued that the letter he left behind on his desk to his pastor, um, was, which was essentially his confession, was confidential communication to his pastor and therefore inadmissible as evidence, which 
He should have just sent it to the pastor. Yeah, he like just kind of left it on the desk for anybody. Yeah. Um, and then the courts were like, no. And he tried to say like he was abused as a child. You know, he tried to play it up. And then he said like Helen was like so rude to me in public saying I was bad in bed. But like she was also reclusive. So like when was she ever fucking in public? Saying, like, <laughs> the one tapes. day of the year. Yeah. Oh, shit. Just like the annual Christmas party once a year or whatever. When she let loose. Yeah. So List eventually expressed a degree of remorse for his crime, saying, I wish I had never done what I did. I regret my action and pray for forgiveness ever since. Uh, when asked by Connie Chung in, 20, in 2002, she's like, why did you not kill yourself? He said that he believed suicide would have barred him from heaven, where he hoped to be reunited with his family. Um, which, fun fact, 81% of like family annihilators, which are just people who like kill their whole families, mm-hmm kill themselves afterwards 81 percent, which is pretty high so like i mean i would say i'm kind of surprised it's not in the 90s yeah like it's for a family annihilator not to kill themselves it's strange so he's right like, i wanted to be reunited with my family in heaven right obviously you're not going to heaven you murdered five people yeah. like <laughs> so um john list was thought there was like a conspiracy theory that he was D.B. Cooper because they committed their crimes the same month in 1971 and they were both money related. And I guess like the descriptions were kind of similar, but like the FBI even like questioned him to see if he was D.B. Cooper. And he like from jail was like, I'm not D.B. Cooper. I've never did it. He's so fucking boring. He could never like jump from an airplane with a sack of money. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> he more. could not hijack. He, he jumped over Colorado though, didn't he? Ooh, what if, what if he is D.B. No, he's so boring. He's not D.B. Cooper. Yeah. He um, killed his family. <laughs> yeah, because he was too poor. <laughs> um, and he's like. I feel like if I was in jail and I was on this, I'd be like, yeah, I'm D.B. Cooper. Yeah, 100%. I'd say that. <laughs> so he died in prison in 20, uh, 2008 at the age of 82 um, from pneumonia. And his body wasn't claimed for a really long time. And then finally, someone like anonymously picked him up and buried him next to his mother in Michigan. I'd be like, get him out of here. I do yeah. not want to be buried with him for all of eternity. So the final twist, my favorite fact of this entire story, okay? <clears throat> The answer to all their problems was in the house. The ballroom stained glass skylight, a signed Tiffany's original, was worth at least $100,000 at the time. So they say it's like 600000 here. Now, just the skylight would have been enough to get them out of debt and restore the house to its former glory. The fucking skylight in the ballroom. Why wouldn't the people... Tell them it was a Tiffany original. I don't know. Maybe they didn't know. But then the house burned down. Oh, no! No one got to claim the money. And can you imagine, like, that movie scene where someone's like, oh, what a shame, the Tiffany skylight. And the person who did it is like, what? (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? Okay, so I have pictures. That's the house. The house looks a lot smaller in the pictures. The aerial view is bigger. I imagine yeah. when you look at this, yeah, it looks like like a normal house. It looks like the size of the Amityville Horror House. So that's house, kind the of. Tiffany. Yes. Thing. So this is like the aerial view. It doesn't look like a mansion, mansion, but when you look at the aerial view, it looks pretty big. You can bigger. put these up on the Instagram too. Yeah. On the Insta. The second picture. Ugh, this yikes. is the family. You can see her eyes are going different directions because she's going blind. Oh, Helen. Helen. That's oh, Patricia. Helen. That's John, and that's Frederick. And this that's is our favorite. boy, John List. So that's the picture of the bust that the guy created from nothing, and that's what he looked like. They don't look a lot alike. I think this is like him, not when he got arrested, but him like a few years later in yeah. jail. I think. Oh my god, her eyes are funny. Yeah, they're going different directions. And that's why. Wait, I where think, did they get this picture? Didn't he cut himself out of it? I don't know where they got that picture. Um. The thing that freaks me out is her crime scene photo, the mom's crime scene photo, or the wife's crime scene I saw photo. the daughter's. Uh, because the, daughter, the girl had long hair. The grandma had long hair, too. With the daughter mouth, was With her like, mouth blown open? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The okay, daughter was shot so in the back of the head. The mom, you can only see, like, one of her eyes, and it just looks like a little beady eye going this way. Like, in a different direction. 
really bad. If you're into looking at crime scene photos, these are creepy. I would say these are actually like more aggressive so, than like a lot of them. them. It gave me a nightmare, and I don't ever remember my dreams, and I remembered that one. Yeah, but I just wonder why they're so like violent or graphic. Like they just—it doesn't seem they're like a scarier, violent... but they're scarier for some reason. Because like, like the dad did it out of well, and like the one that got me is like her entire like. It's like her, her. She's like perma stuck as like she looks like she's screaming. Yeah, their eyes are all open. Yeah, like, like he did. Shock. He did nothing to like pres- like. I didn't see any of the kids. I saw like their bodies, but not their faces because they were. Face I down saw one. Well, I saw one of. Them. I don't know which one it was, but the I remember mom, that it freaked me out. His mom was like laying on her back, and so was the wife. And then I just remember their hands were all bloody, which I don't James. know. It's from like him dragging them, or like if they were like trying to like I don't know, but their hands were bloody. Together. It was weird, awful, awful crime scene photos. Well, that is our app for today. John Hopefully, Lewis. next time it will be a little less graphic. Yeah, and also <laughs> next time we'll have the mixer. We have the mixer yes. now. The mixer. Yeah, will we be just don't have the Um. Thanks for joining us, Christian. Yeah. Anytime. Thank you for being here again. And follow us on Instagram at Cocktails and Cadavers. And like and subscribe on iTunes. Cool. Yay. Bye, Mom. Bye, Mom. Bye, Mom.